Welcome to the Backstretch. I'm News 5's Heather Williams. And man, is there a lot to talk about post-Bristol? Where do I even start? I guess maybe we'll start with the race itself. Um, I thought the racing at Bristol was unbelievable. The best Bristol dirt race we've seen so far. Um, the finish last year was obviously better because there was a wreck on the final lap and the last three quarters, half a lap at Bristol this year was under caution, but just from an overall 10,000 view look at the race and the entire race, not just the finish, the racing this weekend was outstanding. Uh, the team at BMS did an unbelievable job of continuing to grow and learn and evolve this dirt track and, and make the changes necessary to make the racing good. And so I, I commend everybody at, at BMS for that. I've seen a lot of talk over the last week about the attendance. And yes, Bristol is not sold out. I'm not trying to pretend like Bristol is Bristol of the late 90s, early 2000s. But a lot has changed in our lives since then, right? There was no Netflix. There was no uh, YouTube. I mean, I think YouTube existed, but not to the way it does now. Uh, you know, not a million things to watch streaming-wise, a hundred ways to watch the race itself. Like, you don't have to be at Bristol to get a really good look at what's going on at Bristol. Obviously, TV was around then, but... The views and the cameras are so much better now than they were in the early 2000s, late 90s. You can also get all of those great, amazing things right on your phone. So you can watch the Bristol race and Tommy's soccer game at the same time. So I'm not trying to say that the attendance is in any way, shape, or form of what it was then. But the attendance is pretty darn good. I saw people estimating that Bristol was anywhere from a third full to half full. So... I'll use your numbers. That means there were somewhere between 40 to 60,000 people at Bristol. That's a third to a half of what that place holds. That's more than Martinsville holds. It's more than North Wilkesboro holds. It's more than a lot of racetracks hold when they're full, when they're sold out. So that it's more than a sellout at Martinsville. So I don't, I'm really kind of tired of hearing people complain about the attendance at Bristol because 60,000 is an average attendance for an NFL game is a good college football game. Now I don't want to hear about the university of Tennessee. That place is different. And y'all people are nuts. Love you to Vols fans, but it's just different. And when the Vols aren't good, there are 20,000 people there. So I, I think that 60,000 people is right on mark for a NASCAR race, a regular old NASCAR race. And one that, a lot of people say they don't like, oh, and oh, by the way, it was on Easter. And oh, by the way, it was better attendance than what was there before they started racing on dirt. So, you know, I think Bristol's fine. I think the attendance is fine. I thought the racing was great. Uh, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Also worth noting this week, uh, the status of the two chases. Uh, Chase Briscoe broke his hand racing at... Bulls Gap, Volunteer Speedway, a dirt race I was at and actually talked to him out before the race. Uh, so he raced this last weekend with the cast on his hand. He doesn't think he'll need surgery. Uh, he's going to give it a go this weekend at Martinsville and see what happens. And then also 
It's like I'm burying the lead a little bit, but there's so much information. You know, you just got to roll through it. Chase Elliott is back. Chase Elliott is back. He's going to be racing this weekend at Martinsville. It'll be interesting to see how all this goes because Martinsville is a very demanding racetrack on the lower extremities. Uh, there's a lot of braking, obviously, a lot of shifting. So, you know, to have a, a lower body injury and then come back at Martinsville. It's an interesting choice, but um, he's very good at Martinsville. So that probably has a lot to do with it. So it'd be interesting to see, you know, what Elliot has in store for this weekend and how he's able to perform. All right. I have one more thing I want to talk about, but I'm going to save that for my final thought. Uh, and that's Cody Ware. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. Our guest this week is Austin Dillon. It's actually a conversation I had with Austin Prior to the Bristol Dirt Race, I decided to hang on to it and, and not run it prior to Bristol Dirt just because I really wanted to do the special piece honoring the life and legacy of Alan Kowicki last week. So there may be some dated references to Bristol Dirt in my conversation with Austin, but I always enjoy talking to Austin because he comes from a place of a really rich knowledge and understanding of the sport and the history and also the business side of the sport. So uh, I still wanted to share the conversation with Austin, even though um, it's a week old. So with that said, let's get rolling. I am joined as always by our crew chief, Chris Carrier, who also happens to be the crew chief of the number 75 food country truck in the Craftsman Truck Series. Chris, Christopher Bell made championship for last season and seems to have picked up right where he left off, leading the points this season. Is he the favorite for the championship early in the year? You know what, Heather, I don't know who else would be. Uh, this kid is, uh, well, he's not a kid anymore. He's, he was a kid. He's come a long way. I heard a statistic when they were, during the race the other night, they said, you know, he had, in the last four or five years, he had won the most races of anybody at Joe Gibbs. So, and that, to me, that's a pretty, pretty good statement. So, um, he does his job. He's a fast driver. He runs good at so many different type venues. Uh, he's, he's a potential winner anywhere and everywhere he goes. Um, he dots, dots, the, dots the I's and crosses the T's. And, you know, I, I think he is primed. He was this close last year to that championship. And this year, I think, if I was a betting man, it might be on him. Chase Elliott is making his return to Martinsville this week. Josh Berry will be on standby, however, because you know how hard Martinsville is. So mm -hmm. how hard will it be for chase to get back in the car at Martinsville? I, I think it'll be tough because, you know, his uh, Martinsville is a place, other than road courses, you do more footwork uh, and, and heavy footwork, heavy braking and a lot of throttle brake, throttle brake. Um, 500 laps there, which is a thousand times, you know, so uh, that's, that's pretty, it's a lot of exerting your lower body and I, I don't know how far along he is and all the rehab, uh, man, it's got to hurt, you know. So uh, he's a pretty tough guy. He, we'll see. He's, you know, these guys are all in great shape, so they rebound well. Um, I, I don't think he would be there if he didn't have a really, really good idea that he could make it and make it uh, and race to win, not just be there. There has been a lot of talk about Bristol on the dirt over the past week. And, well, this year was easily the best race of the three so far. Oh. Should the Cup Series, or for you, even the Truck Series, be racing on the dirt at Bristol? 
Uh, I'll be honest with you, Heather, me personally, and then most of the people, the vast majority of people around me and on our team and other teams and so forth, we're, we're, we're pretty much, you know, we've, it's run our course. It's run its course as far as we feel. Um, it, it was the best race that they've had in the Cup Series there for sure. The truck race wasn't all that great because you had Joy Gano and a couple other guys kind of run away and never nobody could ever catch up to them but the the finish of the dirt race there Saturday Sunday night was was uh, excellent I think it's time to move back to the concrete and I think uh, you'll see a dirt race my opinion uh, you'll see a dirt race somewhere else that's more actually a dirt track Chris the uh, paperclip trap in Virginia is always a challenge but the racing last year was a little dull. Do you think the changes to the downforce will make a difference on the track this year? I, I, I certainly hope so, Heather. I think that uh, this this direction that NASCAR wanted to go to try to make okay, what the, the purpose is, is to actually take total grip away from the cars and uh, total grip away from the tires so the drivers actually have to work harder and they're going to feel the horsepower more in, in the rear tires. They're going to spin the tires easier. They're going to overdrive the corner a little bit easier, uh, harder. So anyway, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's going to make them work harder. The, the thinking there is that it, it will be easier for guys that are doing a little bit better job and have a little bit better chassis set up a mechanical balance to be able to run better and catch those guys in front and do some passing. Thanks, Austin, for joining us this week. Uh, first things first, I feel like every week people are just kind of talking about how you're a little uh, underdog flying under the radar and you're a team that to keep your eye on. How much longer can you be an underdog before you start being the guy that, that people are just talking about? Because I feel like... Uh, you know, RCR in general is really on the upswing this year. Yeah, I think, you know, I think um, we've got to start getting some finishes, you know. Um, Coda was really good for us. We were running up front during that race and obviously got wrecked out. You know, a lot of things happened at that race in turn one, and we just, unfortunate how it played out for our team. And then we've had some struggle weeks with this new package and the low downforce, you know, some of the short tracks that's put us behind. So really um hit or miss right now for us on the three team um we know we have the ability to pop off and win a race um we just got to put it all together uh we we really struggled from you know just execution standpoint last weekend we gave away a lot and um we weren't very good at the beginning but we were good enough to finish way better than what we did and we just had a little bit of a you know bad day when it came to hitting strategy right and, and then pit stops. So hopefully moving forward, we do a little better job of that, and I, and I know we will. you feel like this is an opportunity for this week? Because not only are you good at Bristol, but you've had success on the dirt here at Bristol in other forms of racing, obviously, but still uh, you've won here in, 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 on the dirt. Do you feel like this is an opportunity for your team? I definitely do. You know, uh, last year we ran up front in the Bristol dirt race and ended up blowing an engine from – you know, the dirt impacting uh, the engine. But um, this year we're, we're more prepared and um, I, I get around Bristol pretty good on the dirt. And um, it's a place that we could uh, turn our season around in one week. So um, definitely got it circled and I'm looking forward to uh, getting out there and seeing what we can accomplish. How much has the resources having Kyle join RCR? How much has that helped you guys? Because, I mean, obviously he's running up front too. Uh, both your cars are, even though you, you say you haven't gotten the finishes. I mean, I've seen I've seen what looks like a like a big step forward for the organization this year. 
Yeah, you know, we're just um, we're not satisfied. We want to continue to you know, make our teams better. Uh, Kyle is very good at you know trying to get the best out of all the people that we have at RCR, and um, he doesn't settle, and that's nice. That's nice, good to have to have someone beside you pulling the rope um, to make whatever happen happen. And um, I think you'll see as the year goes on, we'll just continue to get stronger. Um. I know there's been a lot of talk recently about about driver etiquette, and I'm just curious. I mean, you're a guy that's been around the sport forever, and you drove, you, you sat in the pit of a guy that was absolutely did not give two cares about what people thought about him or what he did on the track and rattled Terry's cage and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, being around that, are you surprised that, that there's so much complaining now about driver etiquette, or do you think that there's really an issue? Um, well, from my standpoint, um, I feel like it's great drama for our fans. Um, it's something media to talk about. I feel like it's, it's always been in race. I think that, um, you know, there's just different forms of disrespect on the track. Frame uh, where the racing was a little bit different, but now NASCAR has created such a competitive it's hard not to of every lap because we get paid during the race on stage points. Um, in the past, it only mattered on the last lap, so there was a lot more give and take. Now, the competitors are so much closer. I mean, from first to last on any given weekend is, you know, on a qualifying day, a big difference is three-quarters of a second. Used to be two seconds difference from first to last everybody is good in the series and they're just trying to get all they can get. And then once it gets done to them, they just start doing it to others um, until it gets stopped. But I think it's a, it's a product of what we've created in the sport, um, which is great for the fans, um, you know, for the drivers, it's uh, it's different, but you know, it's, it's what we live in and, and it's part of it. So somebody's going to win on Sundays every week and you just hope not to be a part of the, the wrecking and the crashing part of it. All right, for my final thought today, I want to talk about the arrest of Cody Ware. Uh, it was interesting the way this all went down, right? So he doesn't show up to Bristol. The team says he is taking some time away from the car and he's not going to run. And they very hurriedly put Matt Crafton into the car for the weekend at Bristol Dirt. Crafton and actually never you know, run a cup car on dirt. So, um, and isn't a great dirt racer. So it was kind of an interesting decision, but you know, it's kind of like, I guess last minute you have to, you know, get who you can get and those kinds of things. So he doesn't race at Bristol. Then to come find out early this week, he is arrested and suspended indefinitely from NASCAR. Then we find out, um, that that arrest was actually, or that incident that the arrest was related to happened the week before Bristol, which explains why he was not in the car at Bristol. But it doesn't really explain why the team didn't really come out and say what was going on, you know, why it took a week for him to be arrested, why it took a week for NASCAR to suspend him. All of these things needed to be done, right? And I don't, I don't, want to like make too fine a point of it but it is really interesting that 
all of this went down with Cody. Um, I haven't had a ton of experience with Cody. He's very difficult to uh, get to, to talk to. Um, I know that he has, in, in the past, to other people talked about uh, having some mental issues, being on the spectrum, all of those kinds of things. So I can understand why if you have difficulty, like just for instance, being on the spectrum, uh, communicating that you wouldn't necessarily want to be out in the media. I get that. But I think that it's time for Cody to really step back and, and take a look at what he needs to do, to, you know, to be happy and successful in his life. Forget racing just to, you know, be happy and function as an adult in America in 2023. So um, I'm really hoping that he can you know, figure this out, get his mental health right, because I think it's really important in this day and age for us all to be in a good state mentally and to have, you know, a healthy um, feeling about yourself, your state in the world and what you're doing. So, um, and I also hope that whoever this is that he's attacked gets the help that they need to, uh, you know, feel safe and secure moving forward. So, that's really what I wanted to say about Cody. Um, I don't really care about whether or not he gets in the car. I don't really care about his dad and his money and all that kind of stuff. I just want all of the people in this involved in this to be able to move forward and, and, and be happy and healthy because everybody, well, I don't know. I don't know anything about the victim, but Cody at least is still pretty young. So there's a lot of living left to do for him. So hopefully this is a wake up call for him uh, to get the help that he needs. And also, um, I hope that the support system around his victim, alleged victim, although I will say that since he sat out of the car voluntarily, there's probably some truth to this. But uh, let me reiterate, just for legally, his alleged victim, I hope that they uh, get the help that they need as well. Because that's really what's important. It's the people uh, that are way more important than any race car or any any race. So hopefully, you know, this will all go work, get worked out. Um, you know, whatever is alleged, uh, you know, Cody can can deal with if it needs to be dealt with, and everybody can move forward. All right, thanks for joining us on the backstretch. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.